Welcome to Speaking the Truth in Agape Love Podcast. We are hosts, Chad Mitchell and David Finch. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. I'm Chad Mitchell. I'm David Finch. Uh, we're glad to be back with you on a winter winter evening. We've we got snow on the ground, ice. It's still maybe going to snow. Yeah. The the beauties of living in the um, northwest. But we need the weather, though. We need the moisture, so we're trying not to complain. Good thoughts, good thoughts. We're not <laughs> yeah. we're not going to complain. Uh, we're I, looking to the future. <laughs> I've actually had the pleasure of driving in it all day, and so <laughs> uh, I'm ready to just kind of relax. And so I'm looking forward to another study with y'all tonight. Uh, we're uh, we're we've got another part one. Yeah. So characteristics is the title, and Brother David brought us this lesson on Sunday, and so we're just going to kind of jump into it. Uh, but first, if you have any questions, there's an email on the link. Um, you know, send us an email, truthinagapelove at gmail.com. And also, you know, uh, subscribe. Hit the like button. Hit the plus button. Subscribe to the podcast. It'll let you know when there's a new one out. Uh, and and share us. Give us a share. Tell your friends if you like what you hear, if you like our studies and, and our podcast. So with that, we'll go ahead and get started, David. Yeah, sounds good. So the last couple of weeks, we've been looking at Satan's nickel today or God's dime tomorrow. Yep. So tonight, we're going to be looking at characteristics is, is the title, but we're going to be looking at who Satan is. And then next week, we're going to be... As this is the part one, like Chad said, but this is looking at Satan. Next week, we're going to be looking at the characteristics of God. You know, as we know that for the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord, Romans six twenty three. We're going to look at characteristics of Satan, and it will hopefully, hopefully help us to understand how he may entice us. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, getting to know your enemy. Yeah. You know, you kind of need to know your enemy before you attack. That's right. You know, right. Um, I think it was the movie The Patriot with Mel Gibson. Yeah. I don't know if you remember it. Yeah. But they, they found the the diary of one of the leaders um, of their enemies, and he started reading it, and, you know, he was sitting there, and he's like, this man knows war. Like, he studies it, and he's, you know, and, and they were kind of freaking out, and he said... But we can use this, you know, and come to find out he had a really, really big problem with militia. And so they use that to their advantage. Yeah. You know, and so knowing the enemy will help us win the war, yeah, you know, will absolutely. help us win this, this battle. Mm -hmm. So, so knowing who Satan is, is going to help us to understand how we can overcome him, you know, so. Satan is the father of lies. Let's turn over to John 8, 44. So here, as Christ is talking to the scribes and Pharisees, you know, he, he is really driving the point home that you guys are just like your father, the devil. So that's how Christ starts here, and, and this is Christ speaking in, in verse 88 of John 8. He says, you... 44. Yeah, what did I say? 88. 88. John 8, 44. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> I got it right. All right, yep. here we go. 
Yeah, I don't think there are. Someone's like there. trying to find eighty-eight <laughs> yeah. right now. Keep looking; it's not there. <laughs> uh oh, he's he's going outside the lines. Yeah. Okay, so verse forty-four of John eight, he says, "You are of your father, the devil, and the desires of your father you want to do. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources." For he is the father, or he, for he is a liar and the father of it. So as Jesus is speaking to the Jews, he points out that you are just like Satan. Mm-hmm. You know, Jesus points out that Satan is the father of lies, you know, meaning that he was the first to lie. Well, and these are some huge ad- accusations. I oh, mean, yeah. a murderer yeah. from the beginning? No one likes a liar. Yeah. You know? These are huge accusations. These are the worst of the worst, you know? That's right. And But, he, you know, he's pointing out that you're doing the work of Satan. And and here yeah. are, are people who are claiming to be godly. And he's like, you're, you're doing the work of Satan, you know? And to he, the point in this next verse, 45, to the point that um, because I tell the truth, you do not believe me. Yeah. So to he lies so good that if... If you hear the truth, you may not believe it. Yeah. That's how good he is. Yeah. And and I think in, in large part, they also don't want to believe the truth. True. You know, especially the the scribes and Pharisees did a really good job at putting themselves on this pedestal. Mm-hmm. And they didn't want to get off of it. So if they admitted that Jesus is the Christ, you know, if Jesus is the anointed one from God then they would have to step off of their pedestal and put Christ on that pedestal. And they didn't want to do that. So they, you know, they um, they liked their stature that they put themselves on. Oh, sure. I think we can all get in that position. <clears throat> oh, yeah. None of us want to be wrong. That's right. Or be lied to or believe, a, you know, um, being convicted of having be- believed a lie. That's right. We don't. We don't like that. Yeah. And, you know, Jesus also points out that there is no truth in Satan. And so, you know, when Satan offered Christ the kingdoms and all their glories, now I have no doubt that it was within Satan's power to give him what he offered Jesus. I I don't doubt that. But what I do doubt is he would actually give it to him had Jesus bowed down to to worship him. Mm Mm-hmm. Because there is no truth in him. You oh, know? And, and that's like, they're just empty lies a lot of the times. That's right. They can't fulfill them. Yeah. And you know, uh, there's a movie called The Usual Suspects. I don't know if you've ever seen that movie, Chad. I don't think so. But there was a, a, a phrase that was coined in mm-hmm. there. And in fact, that this phrase kind of, they reworded it a little bit from even before this movie came out. But... There's a there's a phrase in there that he said the greatest trick the devil ever pulled was convincing the world that he didn't exist. Mm-hmm. Now, convincing the world of this lie that he doesn't exist, you know, and think about that for a moment. Like think and and how many people believe that there is no hell, mm-hmm. or if there is a hell, that's almost impossible to go there, right? Mm-hmm. He has done it. Satan has. Pulled the wool over the eyes of people, you know, making them think that he doesn't exist. But he does exist. And in fact, in Matthew 7, 13, it says, 
and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many go in by it. This way of destruction is where Satan is. And many find this way. You know, um, Chad, do you want to read that? Well, uh, let's see, Matthew seven thirteen. Yeah, do you want to read 13 and 14? Yeah, you bet. Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Yeah. So there are many that go in by the the way that leads to destruction. Mm-hmm. Many. And, you know, this is... So when you find people who are telling you anything other than what you just read, Chad, they're lying. Mm-hmm. They're speaking lies. They're just like their father, the devil. You know, if if someone tells you anything other than what the Word of God says... Mm-hmm. They are wrong, not the Word of God, right? And so what we need to do is look at the people who are speaking and look at the fruit that they're bearing. You know, and that's what that's what Christ is actually telling us to do as he's talking on the Sermon on the Mount in Luke 6, 43 through 45. He warns his disciples to look at the fruit that people produce. You know, it, this is something that we really need to take into consideration, you know, what kind of fruit are they producing? What kind of life are they living? See, 43? Did you want to read that? Yeah, I'll go ahead and read that one. So Luke 6, starting in verse 43, it says, For a good tree does not bear bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. For every tree is known by its own fruit. For men do not gather figs from thorns, nor do they gather grapes from bramble bush. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good, and an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. For out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. Mm -hmm. So if you have the desires of Satan, you're going to produce it. You're you're going to produce that fruit. Mm -hmm. You know, that when we lived in Denver, there was a... A certain uh, church, actually right across the street from a, from where we lived, it was like one of those mega churches, right, where Sunday mornings it would be like packed in this place. Mm-hmm. And from what I understood, the preacher there had his own private jet. <laughs> now, understand, mm-hmm. he did not use that jet to do the work of the Lord. It was his own private jet. Like, nobody mm-hmm. was allowed on it except him. Mm-hmm. And they were, you know, his, and I talked to somebody who went there, and yeah. one of his biggest lessons that he would he would preach all the time was the more you give, the more the Lord will bless you. And so, <laughs> so he would, he would preach on um, giving to the Lord a lot. Oh, yeah, of course. You know, and... And that's how he was able to buy his own private jet. And I went to one of those over there in Fort Collins with my um, family once, and they passed the collection tray five times. Yeah. For different ministries, they called it. Yeah, isn't that ridiculous? <laughs> I'm like, you go out of there feeling pretty broke, man. I'm <laughs> <Yeah>. telling you. <laughs> yeah. but I, I just I went with them just you know see what it was all about, and it was like going to the mall, you yeah. know. 
they had stores and i mean it was unreal but um it was one of those things where you didn't it didn't feel like going to church yeah really it was it was more focused on that and how long did that last like how long was the the service the service oh, i was like an hour maybe hour so within within an hour they passed they the collection tray five, five times. times i couldn't believe it and my what? aunt put money in every time i'm like <laughs> the world what else did they do like did they have time to even oh, have a lesson a, or anything they did like a, a communion but it was more of a skit there was like five or six actors up on the stage that like did some kind of com- comedian comedy huh. act about feeling shameful for being a sinner or something it was it was really i couldn't believe it it was unbelievable wow it was a mockery yeah that's what i felt like and you know it it really took the focus off of what you were there to do yeah it was more of an entertainment than anything else yeah you know and that's a that's a problem and you know i didn't really talk about that but you know when it's when you turn it from the focus on god to the Mm. focus you know what do i get out of it like Mm. people people want to be entertained Mm. and where's that found in scripture well and and the thing is look how fast it's not a new thing look at look at look at the israelites with moses on the mount look how fast they turned from god yeah it was like overnight yeah you know within 40 days like aaron's like i had no choice you know when confronted the people, he tries blaming the people, you know, why he did what he did. It's like, yeah, but you let it happen, man. You were supposed to be yeah. in charge. And you. Well, and what's funny is when, when Moses approached him the first time, he said, I just threw the gold in the fire and out popped yeah, this gold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was crazy, you know? It's like, but, but right before that, you see that Aaron was actually carving the golden image. Like he made the golden calf. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> and later he, he does, you know, he, he did admit. That he did it, you know. Yeah. But it was out of the fear of the people. Yeah. You know, who are you to fear, mm-hmm. man or God? Yeah. And so, you know, Aaron was blessed by well, not being killed. That's the thing. He you, showed mercy to to Aaron on that. We point. should always question, you know. Yeah. And question what's going on in our worship to God, you know. Oh yeah. You should always question and and say, okay, is this what what the Bible? says is is this what we're supposed to be doing yeah there should be no question do we have examples of do this we have scripture? an example of it yeah and, and you know the thing that we're talking about here is the devil that's right okay? the devil has has deceived these situations that we're talking about he's deceived them into thinking you know and one thing that i remember thinking when they were given all you know class they made it a feel-good thing to give money so yeah. you could just give money and be like, "Oh, I'm so good. I I feel so good." So they made it a, a way to make money, and that's why religion has a bad rep today. It does because people think, "Oh, you're just trying to make money." Yeah, you know that that's what they think. That's the general census of people that are against religion. Well, I remember you were telling me how you invited someone, and they're like, "Well, how much is it going to cost oh, me?" Yeah, right. I, I had a, a coworker. We were on the road in San Diego. And I was like, hey, you want to go to church with me? It was like a Sunday night. We had to work that day. Well, maybe. I was like, yeah, they got a Sunday night service. You know, we'll just go. It's like an hour long, hour, a little over. Well, how much is it going to cost me? I was like, 
uh, nothing, man. It's just a service, <laughs> you know. And you know, it was good. He went with me. Yeah, he enjoyed it. You know. Yeah. But in his in his thoughts, he thought it was going to cost him money. To yeah. Go. And you know, I I remember uh, working with somebody one time, and we were driving around, and it was like he was boasting in how much he he gave to the Lord. Mm-hmm. You know, and he even yeah. said he's like, I give more than anyone else there, and you know, I'm like, well, that's it's good you're giving to Boy, the Lord, but I mean, it, take them and and show them the rich man and the woman who gave. Yeah, all yeah, the she mic. Had. That's right. She gave she gave the the least amount of anyone, but yet she but gave she more. gave the most because it was because it was all she had. All she had. Yeah, yeah. That's a very good point. And you know, anyways, that's that's kind of another rabbit hole. But the yeah. thing is, is we. We have to be careful, and that's what we're trying to learn the enemy. Okay, who's the enemy? The devil. He can deceive us in areas that we don't really think we're going to be deceived. We don't go to church thinking, I'm going to be deceived. Yeah. That is not a place that you would think uh, that the devil would be. Yeah. But he's there in lots of places. You know, and I was, uh, I think we talked about this in class, and I brought up the point. I said, you know, not that I like to do this, but. You need to think like the devil sometimes. Mm. And what I mean by that is, if you were going to try to attack God's church, how would you do it? How would you go about doing it? Yeah, you'd go go to the church. Well, and cut the head off. Go to the yeah. leaders. And if you can get the leaders, mm-hmm. then you can bring everyone else down. You know? And uh, But not... Satan has done a very good job at, at deceiving. Yeah. Another thing that I was going to point out, too, that I think we did talk about in class on Sunday was every, even the bad trees bear fruit sometimes. Yeah. It's not good fruit, but they still bear fruit. Yeah. Okay. And so you're going to have good and bad, obviously, you you know, from the taste or whatever it is with a tree, you know, oh, that's not good. You know, that yeah. fruit is sour. It's not good. But it still bears fruit, and 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 in the devil, he still bears fruit. Yeah, it's bad fruit, but he still accomplishes what he's trying to accomplish. That's right. I guess is is the point. Yep. And so, and and how he attacks us is he he deceives us. Mm-hmm. You know, and you know when you look at the world today, you know, turn over to Ephesians four. It's been a little bit since we've been over here. So Ephesians 4, we'll just go 4 through 6. There is one body and one spirit, just as you were called into one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all who is above all and through all and in you all. There is one Lord. There is one mm-hmm. faith. Yeah. There's one way to please the Lord. Mm-hmm. And yet, when you look, how many denominations are out there? There's, just in the U.S., there's well over 200 different denominations. But yet, there's only one way. And and Satan, so even if you want to come to God, Satan has done a very good job at at, at twisting a little truth into every lie. Right? So there's there's a little truth... Here, there's a little truth there, yeah, but it's not the whole truth. Mm-hmm. And you know, when you turn over to James two, ten, 
So James 2.10 really hits home. He says, Forever shall keep the whole law, and yet stumble in one point he is guilty of all. You know, and and when you take this concept and, and apply it, you know, when you go to serve God, you have to serve mm-hmm. Him wholeheartedly. Yeah. You know, you can't just pick and choose the Bible. You know, if you're if you're good at, at all of it except you don't want to look at this one part, you know, then you are guilty of all. So Satan doesn't have to have all of you. He only has to have a part of you. So he will he will love for you to think that you are with the Lord. He would love that because if you think you're with the Lord, then he has you. And he doesn't need to worry about anything because he has you. If, if you have believed his lie, he has you, you know. And so there's there's a lot of people who are wholeheartedly or who are seeking the Lord, but not according to knowledge. And and there's that that issue, and it's because Satan, you have believed the lie Satan told you. And so we need to be careful when we when we gather together, like you were saying. Oh yeah, you know, question. It's yeah. okay to question and. Is this scriptural? You know, is this... Do we have examples of this? Yeah. Do, is it okay for us to do this? Is it, is it okay for us to do that? We should always be on guard. Um, mm-hmm. and, and the thing is, when we when we do come to worship, sometimes we let our guard down. Yeah. And we, we begin to kind of trust man, people, the preacher. Yeah. You know, and Don't that's that. okay for... To a certain degree, yeah. But you should still double check him. That's right. You, you know, can't. And, you can't trust exactly what he says. You you need to look in the Bible. You know. Yeah. Speaking as a preacher, mm-hmm. I can be wrong. <laughs> oh yeah, I can too. I mean, I, I can be wrong. You know, and yes, I spend a lot of time in the Word, but that doesn't mean that I'm going to be right all the time. You gotta, you gotta question. Well, and I know in studies with you, you know, like in class, you're like, I haven't thought about it that way. Someone will bring something up. Yeah. And you're like, oh, hmm, I haven't looked at it that way before. And and you know, some might think, well, you're the preacher, you shouldn't, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But but it's true. We all think differently, and we all um, maybe see things uh, that others don't. Yeah. And we can. But the thing is, the beauty of the Bible is we can we can double check it. Yeah. Against God's word. Yep. And we we should never let our guard down. Yeah. Should always be looking because that's like you said. That's where the devil's going to come to attack. That's right. Is through the brethren. Yep. And he's he's going to make you feel like you're fine. That's right. That's the lie. Mm-hmm. You know, that's the lie. And so before you just I call it preacheritis, mm-hmm. okay? Yeah. My preacher said, so you just go off and do what you want. Exactly. Well, just look at the fruits that the preacher is bearing. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Look at his life. Is he is he living a righteous life? You mm-hmm. know, it, or is he? Does it seem a little fishy? Mm-hmm. You know, like look at what's going on. You know, always always be willing to to question, and and that's questioning is a good thing. Yeah. You know, and yes, you need to be gentle about it. Don't don't accuse them of uh, or assume the worst in them, but it's okay to question them because yeah. he's just a man. God is the perfect one, not anyone here. Mm-hmm. Only God is the perfect one. And so 
make sure that you're not falling for Satan's lies. Well, and, you know, I as a kid, and I've brought this up before, I used to think, man, if I could only be the preacher, I'd be perfect, you know? Yeah. As a kid, I'm thinking, wow, I wish I could be him. I'll bet he obeyed his mom all the time, you know? Yeah. And, nope. and, and, and the thing is, that was that's a natural instinct to, to think, well, here's the guy teaching us, you know, the Bible. Yeah. He's perfect. Yeah. That's what we think. <laughs> but I've also known preachers, a preacher in particular, um, that is was a gospel preacher for, I don't know, 10 years, maybe more. And then um, finally went off the deep end and I believe proclaims today to be an atheist, doesn't believe in God anymore. Yeah, and when asked, it's it's he's, he would he would just preach because he knew that's what you'd want to hear. He knew that's what you wanted to hear. Yeah. So he was just almost doing it like a job, you know. Well, I knew that's what you'd want to hear. So for who knows how long, didn't even believe it himself, but was just Going telling you what he that. thought you wanted to hear. Hmm. And so th- that's a preacher. Yeah. So we, you can go from that to being in someone who doesn't even really believe in God. Yeah. <laughs> uh that's scary. That is. And but that's where the devil attacks. And how many people have could he have misled? Yeah. Led away from, you know, and that's the many. Many. Because many they're going by it. Yeah, and you know, this gate thing, I I'm trying to think of like an example, but um you know, the having worked cattle in my life you know, um, if that gate is small that you're trying to get a herd of cattle through, it is so difficult to get them to find the gate. <laughs> yeah. You know, and they, but as soon as one finds it, they all go. They're like, oh, over here. Yeah. And they all go. And, uh, you know, the thing is, a broad gate, that's easy to find. Yeah. That little gate is tough and few go through it. Yeah. And that's what he's talking about as far as believers, people that are going to be saved. Yeah. Few find it. Yeah. It's not going to be no, easy. No, the way and difficult is it's the way. It's not going to be easy. And Yeah. So. <clears throat> but the dime tomorrow, as we talked about last week, is worth it. We're trying to find that gate. We're that's gonna right. go. We want to go through that small gate. Narrow is the way. Yeah. And just look for the shepherd, the, mm-hmm. the perfect shepherd, you know, yeah. Christ, and just follow him. Yeah. You know, and this this actually leads us into the next point. Um Satan is a shapeshifter. You know, and many times we don't we don't think of him as such. But Second Corinthians eleven, thirteen through fifteen. We haven't gotten very far, have no, we? No, we haven't. Second <laughs> uh, yeah. Corinthians eleven, thirteen through fifteen, it says, For such are false apostles. Deceitful workers, transforming themselves into apostles of Christ. And no wonder, for Satan himself transforms himself into an angel of light. There is There it is no great thing if his ma- ministers also transform themselves into ministers of righteousness, whose end will be according to their works. So he, he's talking about false apostles, deceitful workers, and and what I deceitful workers, I kind of want to dig into that. I I actually had a study yesterday, and and it, it just kind of hit me. A, a deceitful worker knows 
but yet will tell you something different. So they, and and perhaps they, um, it's not necessarily a lie. It's just not speaking the whole truth. So it it's knowing the truth, but willing to deceive you for selfish gain. You know, this, it, probably for their own gain. You know, as, as Paul talks about with Timothy, you know, they they deceive, you know, so it, it's deceitful workers aren't necessarily speaking a lie, but they're just not speaking the whole truth. Mm-hmm. And so that's, again, that's something very important to, to notice, you know, it's not necessarily a lie, it's just not speaking the whole truth. But then as it as it gets in, Satan himself transforms himself into an angel light. He's a shapeshifter. You're a shapeshifter. You know, he he transforms. He well, be- obviously, you think of the cartoon that we used to watch when we were a kid of the wolf, you know, dressing up like a sheep. Yeah. You yeah. know? And, you know, that's that's basically what it is, you know? Yeah. In a simple way. Um, and it's scary. I mean, I can think of many examples that I'm not going to bring up here, but this can remind us of some denominations that we come in contact with in the world mm-hmm. because their work is in vain. Yeah. You know, we've talked about that before. Yep. If you're not doing exactly what God wants you to, or if you're following someone that he hasn't, you know, this, that's not, I mean, just the Deceitful fact that he workers. can transform himself into an angel yeah. of light. That's right. That's scary because how many people follow someone like that that's right that has transformed themselves in to an angel of light because there's no mention of them in the bible well and you know as he talks in verse 13 false apostles deceitful workers transforming themselves into apostles of christ yeah we also see and and this is where really preachers come in Mm -hmm. you know these deceitful workers can Come across like the Absolutely. one you were talking about. Yeah. He actually fits that. Sure, he was. A he preacher. never actually believed it. He but, didn't you really know. believe it. He was just teaching it because he knew that's what you wanted to hear. It was a job. Now, who's who knows if that's how it was for him the whole time? I don't think it was. Right. I think eventually, like the last part of his career as a preacher, he kind of started doubting it, but he knew he had to keep teaching the same way. Yeah. Because they would reject it. Satan got to him, and eventually. He fell away. Yeah. It, it really does sound like Satan got Because to him. I think he was probably pretty solid to start with, you know? Yeah. And then just at some point, he just started questioning. Yeah. And and just be, perhaps somebody got to him and, and mm-hmm. you know, he, he believed the lie. And and then, then after that, the influence that's bad from him was after he left. Right. All the people that knew him, who knows what they did. Yeah. And First uh, Peter five eight, you okay. know, as he says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. So when you were talking about the wolf in sheep's clothing, yeah, you know, that's what that reminded me of. Yeah. Is he is seeking to devour you. Oh yeah, you know, you're not going to see it coming. Yeah, this is something that that's why he says, be sober and be vigilant. Mm-hmm. He is seeking to devour everyone. You know. If he can get 
at you, he's going to get at you. Yeah. He, you better believe it. He's going to get at you. Mm-hmm. He's going to try. He's going to be picking at you. And mm-hmm. so be sober and be vigilant. And then we go back to that. Um, I should remember it, but we're not tempted any more than... First Corinthians 10, 13. Yeah, 10, 13. Yeah. You know, so that's a blessing. That's right. He always gives us a way of escape. Yeah. You know? If we are willing to seek it. If we're willing to seek it. Yeah. Even though we may not see it coming. Yeah. You know, I, I was, uh, when I was delivering mail, mm-hmm. I, I delivered to a cancer center, and the guy in there, he was he was religious of some sort. Um, but he said, he said, yeah, anytime the, the Lord shuts the door, he's like, he opens a window, but you have to find it. Yeah, that's true. And, you know, he just kind of, but it's true. You know, I was like. I like how you put that. You have to you have to seek that that way. You have to seek the window. Mm-hmm. You know, um, there's a there's a joke where this man, you know, the the town was flooding, and so somebody a cop came by in his cop car said, "Hey, floods coming. Come on, hop in." He's like, "No, I'm gonna trust the Lord. The Lord will the Lord will deliver me." <laughs> and the floods keep coming up. You know, and, and he's. He's starting to climb up to his roof. Somebody comes in a boat and says, hey, come on, hop in the boat, and I'll take you. He's like, nope, I'm going to put my faith in the Lord. The Lord will deliver me. And then he's it, the floods keep rising. He's at the the peak of his um, house, you know, on his roof, and a helicopter comes. Mm-hmm. Come on, hop on. He's like, nope, the Lord will deliver me. And then <laughs> next thing you know, he died. And so he's, he's standing before God, and he says, God, why didn't you deliver me? He's like, I brought a car, a yeah. boat. And yeah, <laughs> and a I tried, man. I tried, <laughs> but you would never do it. You know, but we have to seek his way of escape. Yeah. <laughs> you know, he did. Mm-hmm. But uh, <laughs> that's just kind of a joke that, that reminded me of it. <laughs> but uh, Well, I love your example, your next one, Genesis 3 1. Yeah. You know, when he's talking about, it says, Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord. God had made, and he said to the woman, and of course we know the story. Yep. Um, this is where thing, he deceives Eve. Yeah, one thing that's that's, that's really interesting that kind of sticks out to me is that word cunning. So the definition is having or showing skill in achieving one's ends by deceit or evasion. Yeah. And that is, you know, skill. Say that, say that again. So having or showing skill in achieving one's ends, so your wishes, the kind of yep, by deceit or evasion. So deceit or evasion, and and it says the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field. He was good at it. Yeah. Okay. He had skill in in deceit, and 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 he had skill in getting his end. So yeah, one's ends. So one's wishes. The devil had. Obviously, a mission yeah. here to try to deceive Eve, you know. Yeah, and, and and that's how he is today. He's he's cunning. Yeah, you know. And you know what? We're using the word deceive, just like I, I talked about. So he wasn't. A question is: Is did he actually out and lie to Eve? He didn't really. There's two different kinds of death. So he said, "You're not going to surely die." Mm-hmm. Speaking of the 
the physical death. Physical death, yeah. You're not going to die. You'll be fine. But you did die spiritually there. She died spiritually. She died spiritually. And yeah. so he, he didn't reveal the whole truth. And this is the, the cunning part that you're talking about. Yeah. So he, he, he didn't necessarily her. lie. No. He just didn't tell her the whole truth. He deceived her. He deceived her. Then it, it's funny that we were just talking about that. Yeah. You know, and, and so that's why it, I, I thought about that. He didn't exactly out and out lie to her. Yeah. He actually just deceived her. Mm-hmm. And so that that's what well, and speaking he was of, cunning. Of the sheep and or the wolf in sheep's clothing, it's a deception. Yeah. That's not a sheep. It's yeah. still a wolf. But there's deception there. Yeah. You know, I, I always uh rely it like this too, um, when we're fishing. We use fish in lures. Okay. We lure we're trying to lure the fish oh, to, yeah. to eat this thing that's metal. It's not even food. But yeah. it looks like it's all shiny, you know, and it's it looks really good. It's like, man, I'm gonna go eat that. And that fish just comes up and just sucks it right in. You yeah. know? And whoop, they're hooked. I remember uh in the I think it was the late nineties that and I can't remember what they were called, but they they look like real fish and they're like rubber. Yeah. And it, it as you pull it, it it's mm-hmm. its design is to make it look like a dying fish. Oh yeah, there's tons of those. And, it's, and there's... The, the fish's natural reaction is just to eat the dying fish, yeah. right? And so that that was the the deceiving part. You made it look like it was a dying fish, so their natural reaction is just to eat it. Yeah. And and they actually showed a video. Mm-hmm. The same fish, you know, because they had this big clear mm-hmm. tank. The same fish ate that dying fish. Like three or four times in a row, like <laughs> even though it got fish, hooked, yeah, the fish just kept going yeah, for kept it, kept going for it because that's their natural reaction, sure. and so that's the deceitfulness behind it, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and so that uh, well, and so you know, a lure we call them lures. Yeah, grab my fishing lures. We're going fishing. Yeah. Well, you're 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 heading out for a day of deceiving fish. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And when you when you put it that way, it makes a whole lot of sense. Yeah, that's what the devil's doing. He's out yeah. there trying to deceive you, and 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 cunning, cunning. That's that is. He's very a, smart. Yeah, smart. Yeah, and you know, um, even like um, fly tying. Okay, so fly fishing. That's a whole nother world. Okay. Yeah. But those guys will grab. You know, they use like elk hair, and you know, bird feathers. I mean, they they've got it down to a science, man. Uh-huh. They're using like little. I mean, they tie these these flies, and they're they're no bigger than the tip of your finger. Yeah, and it's and each one of them has a, a purpose, and it depends on the time of year, you know, the what, kind of fish what, you're... what flies are hatching. Yeah, you know that kind of thing, and those fish, if you get it just right, you'll catch one every cast. Okay? Man, and it's it's all fake stuff. Yeah, it's all been made to look like the real thing, like a real fly. Like dinner. Yeah. And they take it hook, line, and sinker. Okay? That's right. You know yeah. what I mean? Sometimes they'll swallow or clear down. And and it's because it looked so good. It was just an a perfect deception. Yeah. Uh, of of the real thing. And boy, when we start talking, when we read, you know, people are out there proclaiming to be Christ. Be uh, of Christ. Of Christ, yeah. But yet they're 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 working for the devil. It's a bait and switch. It, it's the same thing. It's a scary deal. Yep. And and so understanding our enemy, yeah. Now, <laughs> you know, as a, fi- I mean, this is tough. 
Yeah. This is tough. And, and that, this is why Christ came. That's right. Because he knew we needed help. He knew we were going to stumble. And, and you know, another thing that we have to consider, too, like like we talked about a little bit already, preachers can be sincerely wrong. Like, they, they can be sincere. They just haven't fully understood the passage. And that's another reason why you need to, to question them. Yeah. You know, just ask, you know, how does this line up with these verses over here? Sure. You know, or something like that. And preachers aren't necessarily seeking to devour you. They, mm-hmm. they could just be sincerely wrong. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is they just haven't fully grasped the, the passage yet. And so they, <clears throat> yes, I, I mean, it still misleads, but their purpose behind it, you know. Well, so there's there's the deceitful workers yeah, who know the truth and try to deceive you by not revealing the whole truth to you. Or ones that are just didn't know they were wrong. Well, and the thing is, there's warning after warning. I gotta tell you, I would, I'd be that fish going after that fake fly, man. Oh, yeah. that looks really good. Boom. Yeah. You know, I'd be done. I'd be dinner. And and so it's really tough. That's why we don't have enough time tonight yeah. to go through all the warnings that God gives us of this very thing. Yeah, that's right. You know, you look, you look at John eight forty four. Yeah. He's the father of all lies. Yeah. You know, that's that's our next one. And and he's actually, um, at, at the next one, he's actually, he's also uh, a murderer. Yeah. And and so it that's what he also says in John 8, 44. So we actually, I took us all back to the same passage that we began with, you know, as he's a liar and the yeah. father of lies. But yeah, in that right. concept, he's also a murderer. Sure. You know, and when you look at Job... Yeah, Job. Um, Job. Let's turn over to Job, um, chapter one. Now let's read. Um, I first want to read verse two. Okay. And what I want to point out in Job one verse two. <clears throat> now I got to turn there. So Job one verse two says. And seven sons and three daughters were born to him. Yeah. Okay, so he had ten children that mm. were born to him. And then in this in this first chapter, if you know nothing about Job, in the first chapter, he he is it points out that he is um the wealthiest of of the East. You know, his his livestock and, and his his servants under him. You know, he has everything, you know, Mm -hmm. and Satan tries to say, well, you built a hedge around him. Of course he serves you. Mm -hmm. Take the hedge away and he's going to curse you to your face. Mm -hmm. So he he challenges God or Satan challenges God by saying, let me take what he has away from him and he will curse you to your face. And so when you skip down to verses 18 and 19 of Job chapter one. Mm -hmm. So this is the. The uh, description, and, and as you're going through, it says, you know, he, he lost his livestock, and and his servant said, I alone have escaped to tell you. And then another one came. While he was speaking, another servant came and said, your servants were over here, and they all died, and I alone have escaped to tell you. And then going into verse 18, it says, while he was still speaking, another also came to whom, 
and said, Your sons and daughters were eating and drinking wine in their oldest brother's house. And suddenly a great wind came from across the wilderness and struck the four corners of the house, and it fell on the young people, and they are dead. And I alone have escaped to tell you. So Job, in a matter of instant, like mm. in, in a matter of a seconds, he lost his livestock, he lost his his servants, he lost everything, his his livelihood. But then on top of that, he lost his mm-hmm. ten children. Satan was willing to kill ten people yeah. to get Job to curse God to his face. Mm-hmm. You know, there is there is no um, there's no depth that Satan is willing to go to get you to turn from God. Mm-hmm. And well, and, and it's encouraging, just, just, it's really encouraging because he, in verse 21, and Job said, um, naked I came from my mother's womb, and naked shall I return there. That's the right. Lord gave, and the Lord has taken away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. In all this, Job did not sin, nor charge God with wrong. Yeah. How many times, when somebody has a death in the family, they how blame many God. times do they blame God? Um, a lot. Look at, look at how... He gave how righteous God. Job is. He gives God credit, and he thanks God mm-hmm. for the time he had with him. Yeah. And in all that, he never cursed God or blamed God with any wrong. Yeah. You know, every good and perfect gift comes from God. Mm-hmm. And and so... And, you know, that we talked about this when we talked about being boastful. You yeah. Know, even the bad things in our... The bad things that happen to us, there's a reason. And we need to thank God for it. Yeah, because it's it's gonna teach us something. That's right, <laughs> and and you know it. Those are not easy. No, you know, those are not easy lessons to learn. Trials and tribulations—they're not easy. They they hurt a lot, but if you stick to God, you you begin to see the the need and the purpose behind the suffering. It brings you closer to God, and so that's actually exactly what happened to Job. Towards the end, he. He recognizes who God is and how, yeah, how minuscule He is. But then the Lord blessed him with even more after that. And so, but Satan was willing to kill all of his children. Like mm-hmm. that's that's the lowest of the low. Only the the hard the most hardened criminals will kill multiple people to get at one. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Like I say it. it as almost like they have no conscience, right? And that those are my words. I, I I don't know their their situation or anything like that. But um, Satan, there, there's no boundaries to Satan. Mm-hmm. He will go as far as murdering, and whoever he needs to to murder, whoever he needs to get at, he'll even tempt, <laughs> try to tempt God's only son. That's right. You know. You know, and and here's another beautiful thing about. God Romans two eleven says God is not a respecter of person, so he he shows no personal favoritism to no one, mm-hmm. especially his son. Mm-hmm. When his son came down to earth, he didn't show personal favoritism to to Christ. You know he was tempted in all points as we are. You know he Satan didn't with or God didn't withhold Jesus from Satan. Jesus went through it just as much as we did, if not more. And that's, you know, 
and yet he did it without sin, which is encouraging for us because when we stick to God, we can come through the temptation. If we turn to God for help, he will see us through that temptation. Now, we don't always turn to him, but if we do, we will see the way of escape. Do you have any anything else on that? Oh, no. I just, I mean, it's just interesting, you know, um, Jesus, you know, Matthew 4, 1 through 3, I went over there, was just oh, yeah. looking at that. You know, Jesus was led up by the Spirit um, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. Um, you know, and we talk about this all the time, when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights afterward, he was hungry. Now, when the tempter came to him, he said... If you are the son of God, you know, like, and and almost like attack your pride right off the bat. <laughs> yeah. Well, you're the son of God, you yeah. know. Turn these, um, command that these stones become bread, you know. Yeah. And, and, and just immediately, like, that would have been a trigger thing for some of us. Oh, yeah. Well, you're the son of God. Well, yeah, I am. Yeah. You know. It, it, you know, and it, it was within Christ's power. To do it. Oh, sure. But he found the way that the Father had for him. Mm-hmm. He didn't seek another way. Yeah. He sought the way the Father laid out for him. You know, he... And he, as the perfect teacher he is, we too... You know, because if if he did that and used the, the power he had, yeah. then he wouldn't have been tempted like we are. Yeah. He, he was tempted... Because, you know, we can't do that today. <laughs> and so, you know, we can't just, poof, have a, a loaf of bread in our no, hand. No, You know, and so he was tempted like we are. Sure. And, and and that really shows that right there. I guess the thing is, is like, there was no one exempt. The devil's... That's right. The devil's got free reign on everybody, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I mean, even, even like Peter... You know? Yeah. And you know, and you actually skipped ahead a little bit. You know, Satan is the tempter and the sifter. Sure. And, and that's that's what that's who we see. And we see that with Christ. You know, he was tempted by the devil. Satan was called the tempter there. And oh yeah. And then um when you skip down to Luke twenty two, thirty one and thirty two. Okay. This is where Satan asks to sift Peter like wheat, you know, and um, as Christ comes to to Peter, this is verse 31 of Luke 22, says, And the Lord said, Simon, Simon, indeed, Satan has asked for you that he may sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith should not fail. And when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. <laughs> so this, I mean... Uh, I want to point out a couple things here. So as Satan is the tempter, as Satan is the um, the one to sift you, notice, and also notice in, in Job, as we already talked about Job, Satan had to ask permission from God, and he couldn't go any further than what God permitted him. Yeah. Just like here, Satan had to ask permission to sift Peter like wheat. He had to ask. I mean, Satan is everything unholy. Satan is everything that 
is corrupt and bad, and yet he still asks permission from God. He can't go beyond mm-hmm. what God allows. And so, right after this is actually when Peter denied Christ three times. Yeah. You and, know what's interesting? Right there in verse 32, yeah. at the end, he says, um, and when you have returned to me, strengthen your brethren. Yeah. Like, Jesus knew right there that That's he was right. going to fail. Yeah. Right? Is that what that means? Yeah. He, and, he knew he was going to fall. And then the fact that Jesus prayed for him, yeah. you know, that's... But, you know, and, and here's something that we see, which is important for us. Christ also knew that he was going to come back to him. Mm-hmm. And he says, strengthen your brethren. Yeah. When you've returned to me, strengthen your brethren because you're going to learn a lesson. Yeah, that's right. You're going to learn a lesson from this. Yeah. And it's going to be huge. And, and you're going to be able to encourage other people from it. Yeah. And, you know, that that is very... Um, very encouraging, you know. Sometimes we have to fail to learn our lesson. Yeah, you know, and just like Peter, you know, and in a lot of ways, I see myself like Peter, where you know, even um, he has zeal, and he'll just say something with all the zeal that he has, and he's like, "God's like, get behind me, Satan," mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's like, wow, that's very harsh. But sometimes. You need that swift kick to the rear end to mm-hmm. recognize your what you're doing, and but here, you know, he knew that he was going to to fail, or at least fall, not fail, because he says, "When you have returned to me, mm-hmm. strengthen your brethren." And Christ knows the heart; God knows the heart of man. That's something that we don't know, you know, and. Even there's times where we think we know people. Like, Chad, I think I know you. I think you know me pretty mm-hmm. well. Yeah. But we can still surprise one another. Oh, yeah. You know? Whoa, I didn't think you'd do that, you know? Mm-hmm. and uh, But he knows the heart of Peter. Mm-hmm. So he knew he was going to fall, but he also knew that he was coming back to him. Yeah. He knew that he was going to return back to him. When you have returned to me. So that's some, you know, those those two aspects. He knew he was going to fall, but he also knew that he was going to return. And all of that is because he sees the heart of him. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why when he was selecting his 12 apostles, he selected average Joes. He, he selected a tax collector. He selected fishermen. He selected those who you wouldn't think, you know. Because he's seen the heart of them. And then... Um, yeah, so we got about five minutes left. Okay, so we'll, we'll just kind of stick with this, because we're not... We can't get into the... Well, I was going to... The next part. I think that I think one verse that's really good to kind of talk about is um, 2 Timothy 2.26. Okay, yeah. Because it says, um, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. Yeah. You know, and and of course, you can talk kind of about the context here, but the snare, there's snares everywhere. If, yeah. if everyone knows what a snare is, uh, it's, it's, a trap. It's, it's a trap, you know, and, yeah. and a trap line folks will set them up and they, and they place them. You know, like a beaver line or, you know, trap line. That's right. They put these snares where they know you're going to step. Yeah. The animal. And, or they'll put food real close so it attracts them and then snap, 
They yeah. got him, you know. And and I think this is actually a great place to kind of talk and, and end it. Yeah. Because Satan, how many times do you hear people say, God will not forgive me for what I've done? Mm-hmm. You know, and people feel like they're trapped yeah. in their sin. They do. They feel like they can't get out of the snare. And and so in that context, he's, he's hoping that people will come to their senses and escape come the snares senses. of the devil. Yeah. You know, and this is what's great about the Apostle Paul. Yeah. He killed and persecuted Christians. Mm-hmm. God's children is, is who he killed and persecuted. Mm-hmm. And God selected him. Yeah. You know, and so unless you have murdered God's children, God will forgive you because he forgave that. Yeah. You know, and and so, but you feel trapped. You feel, because Satan feel, makes you feel like you're trapped, like there's no hope for you. Yeah. And and that's the the scary thing, but don't fall for his lies, you know. And it goes right back to, he's the liar, <laughs> he's the deceiver, he makes you feel trapped. And, yeah, but that's a lie. It goes right back to, you know, what I was talking earlier about about the lures, the fishing lures. Yeah, you know, there the and a snare, same thing. And 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 like I said, look at all the warnings we have in His Word about that's right. it. There's tons of them, of warnings for us. Yeah. Why is there so many warnings? You know, I I was driving along today, and um, if you live in an area where there's snow, uh, and there's a, they put up signs, you know, there's like digital signs, they can put a message up, you know? It's, yeah. And they've really become popular. They're everywhere, it seems like. And we're driving in the snow, okay? And it's snowy. You can barely see the road, and there's a sign coming up that says, Icy congi- conditions ahead. <laughs> I'm like, no, really. You know? That's what I'm thinking. I'm like, really? I'm so glad you let me know. <laughs> yeah. I, didn't, I had no idea. You know? Yeah. But I didn't see the snow till now. The thing is, it's kind of like us. We're going through life, and there's these warning signs everywhere. And we might think, oh, yeah, no, I already know. Come on, you know? Yeah. It's I know it's already snowing. Give me a break, you know? Yeah. And we might get these warnings in life, and we just ignore them. Yeah, that's or, a good point. Or we go, eh, I already know. I'm good. Yeah. But we don't really look into the fact that, hey, maybe I need to slow down. Maybe I need to drive a little carefuler. You know, yeah. maybe I need to, you know, put a little bit of distance between me and the car in front of me, you know? That's right. And, uh, and so, you know, we might think we're great. We're great. But he gives us all these warning signs in his word. Watch out. Be careful. We can't be too too right. vigilant. We can't be too vigilant, and we can't, you know, come to our... Um, what am I trying to say? You know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Thinking that you're, you can't we're fall good. to it. Yeah, yeah, we're good. You know, and how many times do you hear people, that they want to focus on the, the good verses, you know, which is, is great to, to focus on. But you also have to look at the the warnings, uh, the the scriptures of warnings as well. Sure, those are the warning signs. Don't think that you're above it. Yeah. Don't ever think that you're out of the reach of Satan. Yeah. He will get you. He will. And if you think that you're above it, he's probably already got you. Yeah. And and you're trapped because you don't recognize it. You're you're in his snare, thinking that you're fine because you believe the lie he gave you. Well, and, and we need to be more like Peter. You know, uh, let's look at Matthew twenty six seventy five. 
just real quick yeah. because um Matthew 26 This is right after he uh cuz we already talked about him remember Yep and this is right after he denied Christ Yeah and he says and Peter remembered the word of Jesus who had said to him before the rooster crows you will deny me 3 times so he went out and wept bitterly Yeah We need those reminders That's right Oh this is exactly what you yep. know, the Bible is telling me about this is exactly what these warnings. I see this, and he went out and wept bitterly. He was remorseful. We need we need that. We need to be remorseful. Yeah. For, you know, when we stumble, yeah. Just like Peter was, and then what did he do? Hopefully, he did. You know, he did exactly what Jesus told him to do: go and encourage your brethren. That's right. You know, and you know that brings out something. Uh, so I was reading in Proverbs, and it. People professing to be wise prove themselves fools. Mm-hmm. You know, I've, I've had studies with atheists mm-hmm. who think they're very intelligent. Mm-hmm. And and through the conversation, I can't even pinpoint the, the parts that that really showed it. But I'm like, you're really foolish. Mm-hmm. Like, you're professing to be wise, but you have proven yourselves fools. Mm-hmm. And, you know, <laughs> just what you were saying just kind of reminded me of that. Yeah. You know, we're... Sometimes when when you read, then when you when you're trying to apply it to life, mm-hmm. that's you're like, oh, yeah, yeah that's that's what God was talking it's about. It's kind of like know? a reality check, you yeah. know. It's like, oh, okay, this is what it is, and we, and we have to maybe be humble and and be willing to accept it, yeah, and and see it and make changes. You know? That's right. So, so that's probably a good place to end. Yeah, because we're about there. Boy, we, we've had some good discussion, and I've really enjoyed it. Absolutely. And I hope you have, too. And um, so we'll certainly be looking. What's what's it going to be called next week, David? Part uh, two. It, it's going it to be called Characteristics Part okay. Two, but it's on the characteristics of God. So be so we'll be, we've will be talked a bunch about the devil this time. We'll be talking about a um, bunch about God next week. Good news week. next week. So. Good news next week. So not all doom and gloom. These are certainly things we got to be careful <laughs> of and, and watch out for. Uh, But we'll be looking forward to another study with you next week. So we'll see you next time. Thank you so much for joining, guys.